You're watching. You play ball like a... That'll be the day. Hi, and welcome to the Utah Rewind. I am your host, Camille, and I am here today with my teammates. I'm Tyler, the Sultan of Swat, Jackson. Um, I'm Guy. I'm Aria, the shortstop phenom. And today we are going to be talking to you about one of my favorite movies, The Sandlot. So what did everybody think about this movie? I watched it uh, again recently. Uh, this one I've actually seen many times as opposed to High School Musical. And I love this movie. These kids can talk some trash. <laughs> it's a very nostalgic movie too. I feel like it kind of takes you back to like when you were younger. And like if you were hanging out with your friends, like this is kind of stuff you would do as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot like High School Musical where we talk about like that timeless factor where it just gets better over time. This is one of those movies that just doesn't get old, doesn't get dated. It's just it's just a classic. It's just great. Something I thought about this. This movie has like a hundred years worth of nostalgia. We are people in 2020 talking about a movie that came out in the 90s that's nostalgic about the 60s that has characters who are nostalgic about people from or baseball players from the 1920s. Right, yeah, this is definitely, like like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. Like, growing up, The Sandlot would be the movie my mom would always throw on for me when I wasn't feeling good or I stayed home from school. And it's just, like, such a feel-good movie. Like you were saying, it's the nostalgia aspect. Um, and then the actors are just great as well. Even though they're kids, they're amazing actors. And so what were your favorite parts? I think back to the clip we played in class where it's like, what is the, like, the one everyone knows? Not blanking on it, of course, but... You play ball like a girl! When you immediately play that and she asks, who, kn who knows that clip? Everyone raised their hands. Like, it's just like the most iconic clip probably in like any movie on all time, probably. You know what's an interesting yeah. thing I learned about that, uh, that scene? So there's the part where they're facing off against, you know, the richer kind of bully kids. Mm -hmm. And who's the one leading that charge? Ham. He's just like, these these guys, I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. Originally that scene was written for Benny the Jet, and they had been filming for so long, and they kinda gotten used to the characters more, and they're like, no, Benny wouldn't do this. Benny's Benny's above this, Benny's the legend, he wouldn't do something like this. You know who would do this though? Ham, let's give it to this guy. Yeah, Benny's definitely a little bit more calm, cool, and collected. I love that they chose Ham for this line instead. Like it. It was executed perfectly. The characters and the character development was perfectly done. Like honestly, like he just, it just fit well. Mm -hmm. mm. I think my favorite part has got to be that that one part where like the dream version of Babe Ruth just like emerges <laughs> from that closet, dude. Yeah. And he drops this all-time banger of a line. He says something like, "Heroes are remembered, but legends never die." Follow your heart, kid. And then he just dips, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's like the biggest thing that I remembered over the years from that movie. Yeah. There, are, there are people who get that like tattooed on their arms and it's, stuff like it's that. Crazy. That is a, it's a, it's a, that is a it's quote. Just, it's an amazing line. Yeah, I definitely think my favorite part is not really like a scene itself, but like kind of how the movie has a Boo Radley aspect to it with the beast and the blind old man that live in the house. They're and just misunderstood. I, yes, they're just yeah. very misunderstood, and I love how everybody comes together like gets the dog back and then the dog becomes the mascot for the team like it just it 
pulls at my heartstrings. I love this movie so much. I like that one clip of that when they're trying to get the baseball and they use that contraption or whatever to like <laughs> get it and they couldn't even like. Oh, that get yeah, it. that's something I love about this movie is just the whole sequence of them trying to get the baseball mm-hmm. because. You could never do any of this stuff as a kid. You're not going to rig up vacuum cleaners and erector sets or come up with something that clever. But that's the kind of thing you would talk about doing as a kid. Yeah. You know, if you got a baseball stuck over the fence, okay, you're not going to go over and knock on the door. You need to build a catapult. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. It's the only logical move. Yeah. Yeah, no, my siblings and I were totally like that. We had a crazy next-door neighbor when we were growing up, and we would... Definitely take uh, some ideas from the Sandlot trying to get our stuff back over the fence, but it, it never worked, you nope. know, <laughs> because that stuff doesn't happen in real life, unfortunately. Um, I would have to say my favorite part, though, is the part that taught me how to make a s'more, which is actually a terrible way of making a s'more. You do not roast the mallow until it's flaming. You get in there and you get yourself a nice golden brown marshmallow. Absolutely not. No, you do roast it until it's flame. And I will argue with you on that. It's so much better. The crunch just, the crunch mixed with the No, you need yourself a gooey marshmallow that is just like liquidy to the core. And you throw that on your gram and your chocolate. I have to agree with Tyler here. I have to agree with him as well. (laughs) I agree to disagree. (laughs) You, You like it burnt? I love it burnt. Oh, weird. Okay. It's the only way I'll eat marshmallows. No way. Yeah. You gotta get it like perfect, you know? Just like you said, just the perfect. I thing. want it to look like a barn owl. <laughs> just a white face and a brown body. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Agree to disagree. That's fine. <laughs> Alright, and so what about the locations? So it was filmed in. Was it Midvale or, or? So there's a couple of spots. So Vance's drugstore, where he actually meets all the kids, where they see Wendy Peppercorn for the first time. That's a real um, drugstore that you can go to in Midvale. It's closed down, but it still has the old kind of vintage signage up. That's in Midvale. Uh, the actual sandlot is just like behind a guy's house, <laughs> uh, just in you know, just kind of around that same neighborhood a little bit. Gotcha. And then if you want to go to the pool, the pool is kind of the one thing you can go to that looks identical. Really? Like it still has the blue waves painted on the back of the building. Uh, that's in Ogden. It's called, I think it's called the John Farr Pool. Gotcha. That's very interesting. I'm going to definitely have to check out those locations. I didn't forget about that pool scene, though. That's an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. It's always talked about, and people are always like, I'm going to do the same thing they did. It's so, uh, maybe a little uh, problematic for this day and age. Yeah. For, a kid, well, for, sure. for a kid, you could get away with that. Oh, you know that just made that kid's life. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah. And the just the part where they're going around and telling everybody what happened to the kids. Like, the fact that he married Wendy Peppercorn. Oh, I That's know. the part that you're just like, oh, man. Of course. Of course. They had nine kids. Nine. <laughs> Holy crap, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, they say it at the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, at the end of the movie, they go through and they list what happens to all the kids. Dang. Actually, this is something I want to bring up. Have you guys ever seen the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers? I have not. Mm-mm. It came out in 2001 or 2002. It was like this big, prestigious HBO show about World War II. Like Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks produced it, and they steal the ending of The Sandlot. 
They do. They 100% do. They all, it's, so it's this whole battalion who it's, you know, it's based off of real guys and real interviews and stuff like that. But at the end of the miniseries, they're all playing baseball, which they haven't played once throughout the whole show. They all get together, play baseball because it's the, you know, they're going home, the war's won, and it lists off what happens to each of the guys and then they disappear. And one guy even disappears into the 60s like Bertram did in the Sandlot. Oh my God. And I'm watching this thing going like, you guys took the ending of the Sandlot and used it for your HBO show. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I've never realized that. Yeah. I watched it for the first time uh, like a year or so ago, and I was like blown away. I'm just like, did they think I wouldn't notice that this is yeah. the Sandlot? <laughs> yeah, honestly. like I feel like that's such an iconic ending to any movie, and so of course people are yeah. going to pick up on that. But maybe they were also trying to do that to pull at people's heartstrings for their nostalgia for the Sandlot, but... I mean, it's, you know, like, there's other movies where, like, you know, you'll get a cast of, you know, memorable characters, and you'll list off, like, what happened to them later on, like, Animal House comes to mind. So it's not like it's the most original thing in the world, but the fact that they're playing baseball, and they all just kind of disappear as they're playing... It's the same exact scene, yeah. It's so close. I'm just like, what's going on? Do you know what we're talking about on Tuesday? Is that... That one scene with the dog chase, we were saying that it would have had to span like miles and miles, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Benny the Jet apparently runs from Midvale to Ogden to, <laughs> <laughs> like if he were actually to run that route away from the dog, that thing would have been so freaking far. It would have been like, what, 50 miles? Yeah. 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 You, you know like why that? he was That's able insane. to do that, right? I do know why he was it's able to do that. because he was wearing the shoes. The pliers. Uh, yeah, yeah, flyers. Guaranteed uh, to make a kid run faster, dripping, jump higher. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that scene is amazing. And just, like, they got all of the details of that scene right. Like, even down to the chefs with the cake. Like, oh. it's... Oh, that park, by the way. That's a park... Um, that you can still go visit that looks pretty similar, but it's in... Oh, I can't remember this now. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. It's in Bountiful, Bountiful, that park. So he goes from, like, Bountiful to Ogden, back to Midvale. That's Just insane. a huge run. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the second, the, the follow-up movies? If there's anything we're probably oh, not going to yeah. talk about, it's Sandlot 2 and 3. Yeah. 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 As opposed to High School Musical, where we're all just like, yeah, what happens in the second and third? Yeah. And that's the one where they actually kiss. No. Yeah, wait. There so is no reason to watch Sandlot 2 or 3. Yeah, I was going to say, has anybody seen Sandlot 2 I've or 3? I've seen Sandlot 2. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen any of them either. Yeah. Okay, I've seen parts of Sandlot 2. I haven't seen the whole thing, but they bring a girl onto the team, which is very different from the original movie. And they do that only for, you know, they can say, you play ball like a girl, and she can go, excuse me? Yep. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, so. Was it as good as the first one? No. No? Not at all. It is, yeah. None of the kids are anywhere near as good. Dang, it flopped. Steve Irwin is in it. Yeah. (laughs) One of the kids, when they're doing the little wrap-up at the end, turns out to be Steve Irwin. He's the Australian kid. What the heck? Yeah. To to be honest, like, were you ever going to live up to the the hype of the first Sandlot? No. No, that's you true. can't. No, this you movie is, can't. it's absolutely magic in a bottle. Like, there's no way. Even, like, I mean, the director himself, this is by far in the way the best movie he ever did. Everything else mm-hmm. is either a Sandlot sequel or a Beethoven movie. Like, <laughs> I love Beethoven. He has this one that's like a dude, timeless classic. Dude, there's like eight Beethovens. Dude, there's too many Beethovens. I think he did like a, 
three through six or something like that. Oh, oh so then he didn't even do the good Beethovens. Yeah. He okay. did, like, the Ace Ventura when he was a little kid. Oh. If you ever... Which is something I've never seen, but... Yeah. Somehow or another, he just, like, comes out with this one, and it's great. Yeah. The rest flop, though. Yeah. For sure. Huh. What was the third one about? Time travel. Oh. oh no. <laughs> Screw that. I, 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 I've never seen the third one, but I think Squints is there, but he's old, and he... There's time travel in it. I don't know what it's about. We just try to make it as worse as possible. (laughs) Last one flop. Let's make this one worse. Honestly, try to make it more comedic, but did not work. Why haven't they done a reunion movie? They, oh, you know, there's actually talk about doing a prequel of The Sandlot. Oh. And the cast has gotten together and, like, done interviews and stuff like that for, like, the 25th reunion and stuff like that. But I haven't seen any... I don't know, because I don't think it would really work as, like, a bunch of old guys in their 30s being like, hey, we should get the gang back together and play a game, like, how we did. Especially since, like, half of them aren't even actors anymore. Yeah. 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 Most of them are all firefighters or work in the music industry or just regular guys. I feel like nowadays it's kind of like the theme where you go to old movies and you kind of revive it or try to get a new one. Like, even just we were talking about Halloween, how... They're reviving the whole original kind of cast and trying to mm-hmm. go, even though it's kind of a different story, like you were saying, but they're just trying to bring back old movies. Yeah. So I, I feel like this could be one that they could do, if they could figure out how to do it, I guess. Like, bro, aren't they making, like, another Ghostbusters movie or something? Yeah. With, like, the kid from Stranger Things or whatever? I like, saw that, yeah. I don't know. I There's like so many. Like just, leave, yeah. just leave the Sandlot be. Just let those kids just fade away. Right. Let them be gone. Let yeah. it be iconic. We know what happened to all of them. Yeah, I feel like it would be a little difficult for them to really get the gang back together mm. because they have separated their lives so much from the film scene. So I think we should just let them be. Yeah. Let them do their thing. Just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I would like to talk about, though? Um, rewatching this movie again, because this movie is all about the kids. Mm-hmm. But I was really surprised at how stacked the adult cast is. Mm-hmm. His dad is Dennis Leary, who is, you know, in, like, Rescue Me and, like, the Ice Age movies. His mom is Karen Allen, who was the first Indiana Jones girl. And James Earl freaking Jones, the man, his scene when he's talking about just... You know, baseball was life, and I was good at it. I wish I could talk about anything with as much passion as James Earl Jones does in that in that scene. He is so freaking good. Uh, no. Like I said, the cast for this movie was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't think they could have done any better. Yeah. James Earl Jones, too. Like, you know, he was in Fill the Dreams. He was in Sandlot. He's, you know, if you want the greatest baseball movie of all time, you get James Earl Jones in there somehow. Yeah, for sure. I wonder, like, like kind of like High School Musical, how many people go and visit the locations. That'd be something cool to find out. Because I'm the, wondering if it's as popular or not. Yeah. The the actual Sandlot is hard to go to because it's just behind a guy's house. Yeah. But for the 25th anniversary, they watched the Sandlot on the Sandlot with the whole cast. So they oh, will cool. do big things, That's you know, so like that fun. out there. But it's not like a place you can, you know. Because it is just like a dirt field. Like, they built the house, and they built the fences, and they built the dugout, they built the tree house, you know. So it's not like you can go there and it's going to look like the movie. Right. Dude, that fact you told me about how they cut down a real tree just for that tree house was Oh, yeah. Insane. There's this really crazy story where 
you know, they wanted to build a treehouse, but they couldn't, you know, they didn't want to just like make a fake tree. So they were going around looking for like a 150 year old oak that they could use. And apparently if you try and just buy that, it's really, really expensive. And they are just come across this guy and he's got his chainsaw out and he's going to take down one of these trees. And they're just like, um, excuse me, sir. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I got to cut down this tree. It's ruining the foundation of my house. Can we have it? <laughs> like, we'll do all the work and everything for you. And so they get the tree out. They dig it out. They had to contact the city and have them take down power lines so that they could actually drive it to the sandlot. And then in the process of getting it there, of course, the tree's like dead. All the leaves are coming off. Right. They go through and add on little silk leaves so it would just look like it was green the whole movie <laughs> and they wouldn't have to worry about it. That's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, Work harder, not smarter. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. <laughs> one of the kids even talks about, like, I have a couple of those leaves still from that tree. You know, you know, to this day, he's like, they're in my kitchen. Oh, that's, that's cool. so fun. Yeah, I love that. So many weird, cool facts about it. I like I it. I know. There's just, like very, like you're right, there's very obscure facts about this movie, but it just, in my opinion, it just makes it that much better, you know, because there's a story within the story, and it's just, it's beautiful. I, yeah. I love it. And you know what's crazy, too? I hate baseball. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't watch baseball yeah. at all. Oh, I don't either. It's boring. Yeah, I don't watch it at all. Um, but the, it's funny to me that I actually really do like baseball movies. Like I talk, you know, Sandlot, Field of Dreams, Moneyball. There's a lot of great baseball movies for fan for people who are not fans of baseball. It, it kind of sucks because like you watch these baseball movies and you get all hyped. You're like, oh, dude, baseball! Like this is sick. And then you watch like an actual baseball game. And you're like. <laughs> Oh, you're like falling asleep. To this kind of stuff. <laughs> I go, I go to baseball games for the hot dogs and beer. I do not go for the game. <laughs> <laughs> baseball food is probably the best food, like out of any sports. Yeah. And the sure. fact that you can uh, watch the game and the players are eating the same food as you. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> They'll sit around and eat peanuts the whole game. Yeah, no, it's definitely a tough sport to watch, but it's a fun culture, and I think that's what makes the movies. So much fun. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think it's time. Oh, do you have something no. else to say? All right. Well, I think it's time that we move things on over to Tyler, and he will give us the story of what is the Sandlot. In order to really understand the story of The Sandlot, we have to understand a little bit about what it was like for David Mickey Evans to grow up. He's the one who made the movie. In the documentary, The Sandlot Forever, he and his little brother sat down to talk about the inspiration for the movie. I'm David Mickey Evans. I'm a screenwriter director. And uh, I guess I'm best known for a movie called The Sandlot. Co-wrote it, directed it, and I narrated it. That's my voice on that picture. Scott Evans. I am a 53-year-old grandfather of five. Seems like uh, a lifetime ago, but it also seems like it was yesterday. It's based on um, an incident from my childhood when my little brother jumped over a fence on our block where we lived to get a baseball, and a big dog, literally named Hercules, bit him. Bit him really bad. And uh, a bunch of bullies on our street laughed at him because they thought that was real funny. 
So we were bullied as little kids because we were in a new neighborhood moving into a little area called Pacoima, California, north about 15 minutes north of downtown Los Angeles. We got beat up at home. We got bullied and beat up on the way to school. We got beat up at school. We got beat up on the way back from school. And then we went home and got beat up. Okay. And that's the way it was. We just moved in and we were told to go out and make friends. So we walked out the door and there was a bunch of noise and kids sound like they're having a great time way up the street to the left. So I went over there and my brother, oddly, he's two and a half years older than me. So oddly, he didn't go with me. He just went straight down the sidewalk. The ball was pitched. And uh, I wasn't playing that particular game, but I was on the sidelines. So the ball was pitched, the ball was hit, and the ball landed in the backyard, protected by a big dog. The actual dog was a German Shepherd Doberman Pinscher mix. But at eight years old, everything looks big. So we all peeked over the wall, and I said, I'll get it, because that was the last ball we had. We were all poor, and I was kind of being bullied. So I didn't, I, I said, I'll get it, because I can save the day, because once the ball is gone, the, ga the, the game is gone. So they laced their fingers together, boosted me up the wall. I landed in the backyard, and the dog was chained up, and the ball literally was about three inches from the dog's nose. But I said, well, the dog can't get it, so the dog can't get me. Went over, I leaned with my right hand, I grabbed the ball, it was all slobbery, just like you saw in the movie. I turned around, all the guys are watching me, and they saw what I didn't see. They saw the chain break and they screamed, run, and then they dropped out of sight. There was a tree, so I ran for that tree. I planted my left foot in that tree. I reached up for the wall, and the dog launched and grabbed me on the left leg. While I was stumbling home, somebody had gone and talked to my mom and told her what was happening. She drove up in the 1972 VW van, sliding doors open, and into the van and off to the hospital. And that uh, incident just occurred to me one day uh, as I was driving. And I said, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a good movie, but who wants to see a movie about a bunch of bullies laughing at some poor little kid? And so in a nutshell, I turned all the bullies into heroes and uh, sort of wrote itself after I uh, figured that out. But in order to turn those childhood bullies into heroes, Evans would have to find just the right kids to make that happen. A nationwide casting call went out and eventually discovered Tom Guyrie, who would play Smalls, Mike Vitar as Benny the Jet Rodriguez, Patrick Renna as Ham Porter, and Chauncey Leopardi as Squints Paladoris, with Marty York, Brandon Adams, Grant Gelt, Victor DiMattia, and Shane Obzinski rounding out the team. Of course, I'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about the filming locations. Salt Lake City was particularly chosen because the Purple Mountains resembled the San Fernando Valley where Evans grew up. It was also far less developed and crowded than the San Fernando Valley had become, making filming the production easier and cheaper. The Sandlot was released by Fox Pictures, and the film opened on April 7, 1993, to a rather lukewarm opening. It only came in second place its opening weekend, and would take time for word of mouth to spread. At the end of its theatrical run, the movie made over $32 million, but the real success would come on VHS and DVD, where it became a top seller and rental. Much like the film's opening, critical response was also fairly mediocre. Today, the film only sits at a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, and at the time, critics like Destin Howe of the Washington Post said that the Sandlot isn't well made, but it's alive with dopey summertime spirit, and yet some critics were much harsher on the movie. 
David Keir of the Chicago Tribune said, In this testosterone-intensive environment, the opposite sex is regarded with great wariness. In the Sandlot's nostalgia for a simpler time, a single-sex world seems to be a key component. However, some critics were more positive toward the movie. I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Gene Sisko of the Chicago Tribune. And our next film is a whimsical charmer named The Sandlot. I can't tell you how relieved I was when The Sandlot did not end with the kids winning the big game or indeed even playing the big game. This movie is a little treasure. Well, I like that too. I was expecting it to go in that direction. Yeah. That was fresh. Two more thumbs up for The Sandlot, a charming and whimsical comedy about boys and baseball and a great big dog. Roger Ebert does make a good point. The Sandlot is an atypical sports movie. There is no big game. There's no coach, the players don't wear uniforms, and every game is played for fun, or bragging rights. Despite all this, the movie has been well embraced by sports fans, and this goes all the way to the top. Major league teams like the New York Yankees and the Milwaukee Brewers have recreated scenes from the Sandlot for their YouTube channels or TV bumpers. You mean to tell me you went home and swiped a ball signed by Babe Ruth and brought it out here and actually played with it? And actually played with it? Yeah, yeah, but I was going to bring it back. But it was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, you keep telling me that, but who is she? What? What? The Sultan of Swat. The King of Crash. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. Babe Ruth. The Great Bambino. Oh my God, you mean that's the same guy? Yes. yes. It took some time, but without a doubt, The Sandlot has found its place among movie fans. It's one of those movies that gets revisited every year. Kids know that you watch Hocus Pocus on Halloween, Home Alone on Christmas, and The Sandlot during the summertime. And those high school bullies? Well, they became heroes. And those heroes became legends. And legends never die. Thanks, Tyler, for that awesome story. Now let's turn it over to Guy as he meets with movie fan Katie, where she'll be watching The Sandlot for the first time and sharing her honest opinions on the film with us. I'm Guy Carenza, and I'm here interviewing Katie Hooten. Today we're going to be talking about The Sandlot. Uh, before we get into the questions, just tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm 20 years old. I like watching movies. That's all. Okay, and where are you from? Utah. Um, are you familiar with the movie The Sandlot? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Okay, do you know what it's about? Baseball or something, I think. Yeah, it's about baseball. So this movie was filmed in Utah. It's it's the actual filming location is down by like the ballpark where the bees play. It's like mm -hmm. in that same vicinity. Uh, were you aware of that? No, I didn't know where it was filmed. Have you ever been down by like that area by the ballpark? Have you ever seen that that area? I've been to the ballpark before. I went like twice to a bees game. So you haven't seen the movie. This came out in 1993. Are you surprised that the movie's that old? No, I've seen, like, pictures of it, and it looks pretty old, so... Do you think that the movie looks good? It looks like boring 
baseball movie. Well, baseball is boring. I know. Speaking of baseball, what do you think about baseball? Baseball's boring. Never seen a game of it. All I know is that there's like three teams. There's there's a lot more than three. Not any that are relevant. Before we go and watch the movie, what are your expectations for this movie? Like, is the bar high? Is the bar low? Like, what do you? What are your thoughts it's going in? It's a movie in? about baseball, so I'm gonna say pretty low. Like, I don't know how they'd make a baseball movie good. No offense to Sandlot, but like. Okay, we're gonna go and watch the movie, and we're gonna get your thoughts. And then we're going to come back and you're going to answer some more questions. Okay, so we just finished watching the movie. What do you think? Um, overrated. Why? Literally, why was there a dog in there? That had nothing to do with the movie. It had, like, everything to do with the movie. The whole movie. Bro, it's a dog. It was the Beast. The Beast was one of the main characters of the movie. Beauty and a Beast, the Beasts don't look the same. Why is it called a Beast? It's literally just a dog. Because they didn't know that it was a dog. Well, they knew there like was a dog, them. but they, that's the point of the movie. They didn't eat. He didn't eat oh, them because. It's a movie about baseball. Why did they have to go the dog? Why? For some they reason. put the beast in there to make it not boring, but it was still kind of boring. Then what could they have done to make it not boring? Literally any other plot. <laughs> like what? Not make it about baseball. Instead of the beast, I'd put like a tiger or something. What would you rate this movie out of 10? Mm, like a. Six. Six out of ten? Yeah. You think that they did a good job of casting the characters? Yeah, the characters are fine. It was just the plot was not. What was your least favorite scene? I didn't like the scene where they were, like, at the fair or whatever, and they were, like, on a dinghy, and then they, like, all got, like, tobacco or whatever, and then they just, like, threw up all over each other. What was that? Why didn't you like that scene? Because it was gross or... Is there something else? Why? The whole movie's like, oh, we don't have money to buy baseballs. Let's go to the fair and spend a lot of money, which we could use to buy more baseballs. That is true. Benny does seem to have a lot of money to do anything but buy a baseball. I know. <laughs> like, he goes... He has these nice, fancy shoes that he puts on to, like, the go... The Flyers. Yeah. But he can't afford a 98-cent baseball. Bro, sell one of your shoes, you can get 200 baseballs. That's true, and he does go to the fair and pay for every, like, literally, literally. everybody. Hmm, that's a fair point. Where'd he get the money from? I don't know. He does have an extra hat, and he does have he an does extra have glove. He does have an extra hat, an extra glove, but he doesn't have But he baseball doesn't have any baseballs. One. Okay, then what was your favorite scene in the movie? I like the one where he tricked the lifeguard and kissed her. That was funny. Why'd you like that scene? Because it was just funny. Plus, I, like, knew it was going to happen, so I laughed before it happened. You liked it because it was predictable. Yes. Well, the whole movie was, like, kind of predictable, but that was, like, funny. The rest of it was kind of boring. Okay. That was the least boring scene, I guess. All right, and I interviewed you about High School Musical, and you said that you liked High School Musical. Yeah. Because it was timeless, it was a feel-good movie. Do you think this movie fits along, like, the same lines of, of that? For, like, a different generation. Like, not ours. Like, our parents, maybe, because, like, that's what they grew up with. Like, how we grew up with High School Musical. So it's, like, for the older people that like, like, the old-timey movies. Like, this was, like, I wouldn't say, like, retro, but, like, old. Well, the movie's set in, like, the 50s. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you recognize any of, like, the filming locations from the movie? There was a scene where there was, like, a mountain landscape, and I said, hey, that's Utah. And that was it. Out of all the characters, which one was your favorite? The one that tricked the lifeguard because he kept like pulling down his glasses and wiping them off for literally no reason, putting them back on. It was funny. And the fat guy, he was funny too. And your least favorite character? The twins or whatever. They were just annoying and repetitive. And he 
literally every word that they said was pointless. You know that scene where he says, you play ball like a girl? Do you think that they could have gotten away with doing that scene in a movie that came out in there like was literally, this said, year? Like, do you think that they could get away with saying that line now as opposed to 1993? Because obviously they got away with it in 1993. They'd still get away with it because maybe more so, like, uh, they'd get away with it less now. But there was also a scene in there about, like, committing suicide or something. They'd get canceled for that. Okay, so next question. Do you think this movie would have done as good as it, as good as it did if it came out today? No, because today it's, like, a different movie scene like more not like modern but just more relatable i guess like that if it came out today no one would be able to relate to it except those old people and half of them don't even watch tv anymore so it wouldn't have gotten nearly the amount of popularity that it did it seems that baseball has kind of like declined in, yeah declined in popularity over like, the last couple of decades yeah. do you think baseball is still popular do you think this movie has kept baseball popular or mm. do you think it's kind of just its own thing well i feel like people have forgotten about this movie just like they've forgotten about baseball because honestly i haven't heard of this movie again since you brought it up and the only people i know that play baseball probably haven't even seen the movie what's your overall thoughts on like benny the jets drip like his whole i didn't know what attire. benny and the jets was i thought it was just a song and no that's like, not <laughs> now i get it I just no. thought it was a song. I didn't know it had a meaning. It is a song, but it's not. It's not based I feel off like of him. The song has more popularity than the person. It it does because I don't even know if Benny the Jet's real. It's. Just, I thought it was a band. No, Benny the I Jet is a song by Elton John. It's not. Benny and the Jet. It's not Benny the Jet. I I know that you didn't know that. I I'm didn't. explaining that. That's to the you. point. Is what I'm saying. The song is more popular than the person. I'm pretty sure. I didn't know it was a person. I thought it was a band. That okay. sang the song. Back to the original question. I didn't even know it was Elton John. Benny the Jet, he pulls out the PF Flyers. Bro was already kind of dripping from head to toe. He no 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 no. They're PF Flyers. Benny the Jet was already kind of dripping from head to toe. Okay, he he's has rich. he has the Dodgers Again. hat. He has his own like custom jersey that he mm -hmm. wears throughout the movie. He has he has those jeans. Like Benny's absolutely dripping, and but he, he can't buy a baseball. And, and and then he pulls out the PF Flyers. But you can't buy a baseball. What do you think about Benny's drip? I mean, for back then, yeah, it would be kind of an F-boy drip for them back then. Like, he would have been able to get the lifeguard girl if he tried, probably. What did you think about the old man? The blind one? Yeah. What was his name again? I don't think we ever learned his name. Yeah, because I don't think he was that relevant. Just like the dog wasn't relevant. They were relevant, though. They were, like, the entire, like, the glue of the plot. Like, they hold this thing together. Bro, I feel like the dad did more work than them, and he only had two scenes. No. I disagree. Like, the end of the movie, yeah, I guess it kind of made sense, but, like, the, there was just a baseball player living behind them that just happened to know Babe Ruth. But. It's situational irony. What's up with the whole Hercules thing? Like, I don't get it. He's the dog. No, he's... The beast. Okay. Which is literally just a dog, but okay. What do you think of the boys trying to, like, get the baseball out of the yard? What do you think of that scene? They had good tactics, but every time that they had the ball, they literally just dropped it, and, like, for no reason. Like, they could have had the ball, 
20 minutes earlier than they did in the movie-wise. Probably three days earlier, like, in their real time. They could have just grabbed it if they simply just pulled it instead of doing it so slowly. <laughs> and they, like, blew up their treehouse at the same time. Because they decided to use vacuums. With that vacuum thing, they could have just pulled it up before the dog just grabbed it. Everything in movies is, like, timing. They drag it out just to make the movie, like, longer. It's like when, in serial killer movies, you're like, literally, bro, he's around you, turn around, and they don't do it. Like this movie, they could have just been faster, and they didn't do it. So what you're saying is, on the first try that they get the baseball, they actually do get it, and then that's it, the end of the movie. Yes, why did they have to carry it on for another 45 minutes? Because they have to- Then the dog wouldn't have even gotten out, and then they wouldn't have met the blind guy. And they would have had the ba- the ba- the original baseball, and then the dad wouldn't have gotten mad, and he wouldn't have gotten grounded. He didn't even really get mad. He was kind of just like, oh. He said, oh, wow. That's what he said, actually. I just watched the movie, by the way. I know what he said. Okay, I feel like you've been bashing on this movie a lot. Name three good things about this movie um, that you liked. At least one of the people like got famous in real life from it. <laughs> Don't remember which one, but they did. Benny? Benny the Jet? Probably. They won the baseball game against the mean guys because they were cocky. Okay, that's two. Their friend group had a nice variety. Thank you for being in this interview. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Goodbye. And that wraps up our show. Be sure to tune in next time as we cover one of Utah's most bone-chilling movies. Thanks for listening.